Dr. Tony Riley and Dr. Bruce Koloski are going live in 2024. With more than five decades collective experience, specialising in reincarnation, past lives, in between lives and the afterlife, Dr. Tony Riley, author of Awake, The Purpose of Life and Why You Were Here, and Dr. Bruce Koloski, author of Your Journey Was Never Meant to End, are joining forces hosting a live stream open forum where you can ask questions and join the conversation. Discover the healing power of exploring past lives, case studies and personal stories, curiosities and facts. Strap yourself in as they discuss time travel, reincarnation, transcendent experiences and how the afterlife realms weave into the purpose of life. If you're not already a member, Join their groups on Facebook to catch their live streams for free starting from January 14th, 6pm PST in the USA and January 15th, 12pm AEST in Australia. Yes, that's right. Catch these two luminaries live for free. Check out their forum pages. Tony's page is Soul Life, Spiritual Psychology, Past Lives, Between Lives and the Afterlife and Bruce's forum, Reincarnation, past lives and life after death in Facebook now. Reincarnation Past Lives Revisited, where we will cover one of the many reported cases of reincarnation so we can bring the discussion out into the light about what happens to our souls after death. But before we go too much further, I'd like to thank Alexios Aptos for his amazing sound engineering and editing work, and Raphael Crooks for allowing us to use his music from the freepd.com public domain music site. Today we meet Dr. Bruce Koloski who has been doing hypnotic regression work for decades. We delved deeply into regression therapy and covered just about everything you ever wanted to know about regression. Join us now to find out what regression feels like and how it works. Hello and welcome to Past Lives Revisited. Uh, I'm welcoming Bruce to the channel today. Bruce Koloski is a regression hypnotherapist but he's been involved in hypnotherapy for quite a few years and has a lot of really amazing experiences hi Bruce. Oh, thank you Marilyn. my pleasure to be here it's lovely to have you we've been planning this for a little while so it's nice we yeah. finally got it worked out we have. i actually was listening to uh, an interview that someone else did on you and they mentioned that you came to hypnotherapy in an interesting way and i've never heard anyone with this one your father was a hypnotherapist well, he, he wasn't a hypnotherapist. He was a pilot. He was a, a fighter pilot during the war who was stationed in England. And he flew a, a P-51 Mustangs. And after the war, uh, my family is from Long Island, New York. And uh, he was injured. His uh, uh, He bailed out of his plane over the English Channel. Uh, when he was on the way down with parachute, the plane was on the way down too and struck him in the leg. So he ended up spending a few days on the beach in Nazi-occupied France until he was found by some farmers who uh, um, he was delirious. They thought he was Canadian, so they turned him over to a Canadian hospital. Uh, and then uh, 
My grandmother got the uh, telegram that said missing, presumed dead, you know, missing in action, presumed dead. So uh, and uh, so it was quite a shock when she got a phone call from him about a month later uh, from a Canadian hospital. And uh, so after the war, because uh, we were also farmers, duck farmers, so uh, near the near the farm, we also had an airport. And uh, he was uh, one of these Renaissance men, interested in everything. And he uh, used to use hypnosis to help his students, because he's a flight instructor, uh, help his students pass the uh, written and the uh, practical exam. In the United States, it's uh, administered by the FAA, Federal Aviation Administration, and you have to take a written exam and also a flight exam. And it's a nerve-wracking thing to do. I've done it a couple of times. And uh, he helped them with hypnosis, to help them study, first of all, for the written, and also uh, be calm for the practical, the flight exam. And I used to watch him do it. And I found all these old books that he had uh, in the attic, and uh, he taught himself. Back then, there was no there were no schools. There were no when I started doing this, there were no schools, no training. You taught yourself, and uh, you put the cart before the horse. Then you went back and got formal training. And one of the books he had was a book called The Search for Bright E. Murphy, which was a, a seminal book in the field of past life regression. And I think a lot of people know about that. It was an amateur hypnotist named, uh, I think, Maury Bernstein, who hypnotized uh, a young lady, uh, Virginia Teague, I think her name was. She told about a life she lived in Ireland in the 1800s. And her uh, name was Bright E. Murphy back uh, at that time. And that caused a sensation. That was back in the back in the 1950s. I think it was the early 50s. Caused caused a tremendous sensation. I found that book and I asked him about it. And he told me I didn't know what the reincarnation was. I just leafed through the pages. He believed that he was also a fighter pilot in the First World War, who got uh, shot down and went down in flames over France in the First World War. I don't know if it was the Red Baron who got him or not, but uh, it happened. Well, he went down again in the Second World War, but managed to survive that one. So uh, that's how I got interested in that, in hypnotherapy, and also, uh, um, by default, past life regression. That's really, really interesting. So did he have memories of it, or he just suspected that he was a World War I fighter as well? No, he did. He did have, he <laughs> did have flashbacks, what we call spontaneous recall, or involuntary memories. That's why he thought that he also was a fighter pilot in the First World War. Wow, that is really amazing. That's interesting. And I agree with you completely about the search for Bridie Murphy. I actually covered that on my podcast and it was, a, I went into it completely skeptical, thinking it's not a true case. And I came out the other end, an absolute confirmed believer in it because there were things that she knew that she couldn't possibly know. She, she got the pronunciation of things correct. And she was like a 50s housewife in America not at all interested in reincarnation or hypnotherapy. It was just Maury Bernstein said to her, I want to hypnotise you because you go under so well. And she knew things that you couldn't possibly know. So I'm a firm believer in that one. That was a case that really turned my head around on it all. So have you ever had anyone where that's happened, where you've come across something really surprising when someone's been regressed? They've surprised you with information they've known? Um, surprised me with, with information? Well, I, I, the first time, I will have to say the first time, I was really surprised, and this is many, many years ago, I had a fellow come to me for uh, memory and concentration is what it was. Uh, I think he was taking some kind of exam, uh, civil service exam, I believe it was. And he, he 
he was acting strange. He kept moving in his chair like he was uncomfortable. I says, are you okay? He says, I, I have this pain in my back. I said, oh, what is it? Go slip this? He says, no. He said, the uh, the doctors can't figure out what it was, what it's from. It's what we call a psychosomatic pain. And he brought it up to me. He said, I've been doing a little reading, and I've heard that some of these things might have an origin in a in a former life. I says, okay, you know, I didn't I, I didn't approach him. He approached me. He also complained about being a kind of a, a very paranoid person, almost paranoid. You know, he was always looking behind him, always looking behind his back, thinking that people were doing so, sneaking up behind him. So uh, I regressed him. He went back to a life lived as a fur trapper in, in the eight, 1880s. Colorado, and uh, he was encroaching and his trapping on an Indian Indian land, and well, you know the the Indians didn't like the white man coming in and what was catching their beaver or whatnot. So he had a powwow um, on the uh, the Indian encampment. Uh, whatever they do, smoke the peace pipe, whatever. They came to to an agreement that they would allow him certain areas that he could hunt unmolested. Uh, well, one of the uh, young younger Indians. They didn't like the fact that the chief was making a deal with the white man. He was totally against it. They will, as he was leaving the teepee, walking to his horse, this younger Indian uh, snuck up behind him and tomahawked him in the back. And wow. he died a very painful death. And realizing that, what was the genesis of that, what caused that, and also that why he's always looking behind him, uh, his, his pain disappeared. Because it was a psychosomatic pain. That's what I've always found completely amazing about the healing properties of regression. I've heard of so many people being healed of phobias and traumas and pains that they've had that they haven't been able to explain. Well, what people don't realize is that uh, uh, everybody thinks of regression. Uh, they see it was very the very popular types of regression on this number of different types of regression are, um, uh, well, just, just as curiosity and informational, who was I, where was I, when was I, how did I live, when did I die, what did I do, uh, that's a, a popular type. Then there's what's called a karmic connection, which is uh, going back to the lifetime that is directly responsible for whatever is happening in this particular lifetime. Not, it may not be responsible for this entire lifetime, but whatever is going on in your life now, that's a good one. Then there's also the between lives regression, which you probably heard of, mm-hmm. where we uh, um, where we take uh, the client to a to a time period between the previous life lived and uh, and this life, and uh, some uh, therapist or regression is called going home, going in between lives. But uh, I think the most valuable use of past life regression is in therapy. Where uh, it's uh, uh, it's often miraculous with fears, phobias, self-esteem, self-confidence, sexual dysfunctions, a whole host of ills are treatable through past life regression, and uh, and you know, most of the time it only takes one session. Yeah, I know it's amazing how powerful it is and how effective it is. In that sense, it is being used for a specific purpose, not just for insight. Oh, you may okay. Let's say insight why 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 I why I'm afraid of uh, of water. Okay, that's an insight, but also to do something about it to remove that feeling. I've always said, and Tony kind of was the one who changed me on this one. I've always felt a bit wary about recommending people to have regression um, sessions, not necessarily yeah. for therapy, if they're just curious, because 
there's a lot of trauma that can come with the memory. But in actual fact, she said, well, how do you know really when you think of it that way that we're not being led to that by our just desire to do it? And mm-hmm. I thought, I can't argue yeah. that, <laughs> which is why I actually then went and had a, regress- a regression cool. myself. To- well, you'll have people say they, they won't believe what they come up with. They'll doubt it. And they'll say, oh, I, I think I just made it up because uh, the uh, I, that life that I said I lived in the Civil War, you know, U.S. Civil War, I think I just made that up because I'm really interested in the Civil War. So I asked them, why do you really resonate with the Civil War? Look at it that way, too. Why do you resonate with this certain certain thing? Maybe because you did live back then, and that's what's coming out. That's the truth of it. You, you are led to a lot of these things, I think, in some ways, which is quite interesting, you mm-hmm. know, when you think of it that way. You said about the danger of uh, coming up with something that's repressed. Well, that has to do with the skill of the hypotherapist or the past life regressionist, uh, not to let that happen. Because a good regressionist will not put their client in a situation where they're going to have that happen. That's called spontaneous abreaction. Uh, it's a contraction of two words. Abreaction is a contraction of two words, abnormal reaction. It does not have to happen. A past life regression does not have to be traumatic to be effective. There are things that I can do as a therapist to not let them go back to that unless they were ready to to do it. So so you, you, you say, if you're ready to have this experience, then your higher self or your subconscious mind will allow that. It's called a safeguard. And safeguards, a good therapist will always build in safeguards to past life regression so that it doesn't happen. I was going to say I have heard of some regressionists using the technique too of telling you that you have a companion with you who's protecting you completely from any danger and damage and that, you know, you won't feel um, things, the, the trauma or the pain of anything that you experience. So there are things you can do, aren't there, that to make it a pleasant experience. Oh. I actually got quite emotional during mine, but it, was, uh, but it wasn't actually trauma. It was just more... Oh, that's called feeling. that's called catharsis. <laughs> There's a difference between an abreaction, uh, a traumatic abreaction, and just a really uh, catharsis is the release of emotionally charged material. It's a psychological term. Mm. There's, generally, there's nothing wrong with that. So generally, I think the things that you would find that modern psychology teach are the things that you're going to find happening in a regression session, aren't they? Like, I mean, you you could have release of emotions, you could have release of traumas. Mm. You're not generally on the whole, you're never going to have a bad reaction to anything or a bad experience happen, are you? You could. You could end up uh, opening, as they say, Pandora's box or opening a can of worms, but a skilled therapist can prevent that from happening. Right. That's interesting. I didn't realize that there was that much control to it. I assume that because the person is the one who's having the memories, that as a as a hypnotherapist, there are certain times you might be caught on the hop, so to speak, if you know what I mean. Well, well, what I can do as a therapist, I can say that if you do have these memories, there will there will be no emotion attached to it until and unless I suggest it. So okay. I prefer to re- re- remain in control, and I will have them view it almost as if watching a movie or watching a television show, where they're viewing it very dispassionately, very clinically. Why do you think that regression is so effective in actually uh, reaching memories? What Do you think it's because we drop our guards? Or? Well, in, in reaching memories, mm-hmm. uh, and this, well, 
this can go for either present life or past life because that's uh, or the, or the subconscious mind. I believe the, the subconscious mind is the repository of memories in this life. Theoretically, everything that happens is stored in the mind, in the subconscious mind. It's, it's never gone. I was going to say we never forget. Yeah, well, we do forget. It, it, sometimes it's lost to conscious memory, but it can always be retrieved to conscious memory uh, through uh, techniques like hypnosis. Uh, and my theory is that past life memories may or may not be stored in the subconscious mind, but it, it, the subconscious mind might give us access to where they are. Kind of like a, a TV receiver, when you think about it. Let's say if, I was, if I'm watching a movie, just tonight before this, I was watching the reruns of Dr. Quinn Medicine Woman. My wife happens to like that. So, so we, we found it on, I guess, Amazon Prime. So we're watching that. Well, well Dr. Quinn Medicine Woman isn't living in my TV set, but the box is giving me access to, to those particular events, situation events, just like the subconscious mind gives us access to those past lives. So I was actually talking to you earlier, and this is a, a question I think is quite interesting. I've just had one done recently, and I was telling you that I didn't feel that I was deeply under. And you made a very interesting comment that the depth of the regression doesn't really affect the... Is not necessarily that important. That's a uh, misguided notion, a misnomer, that you have to have a very deep state of uh, hypnosis or meditation. By the way, hypnosis, meditation are the same thing from a physiological standpoint. That's not necessary. We can get past life impressions in a light state of hypnosis or in a medium state of hypnosis. I like to keep it around medium, okay? So uh, if it goes too deep, if a person goes too deep, they, they run the risk of developing what's called spontaneous amnesia. And what good is it? You want them to remember what transpired during the particular session and so and spontaneous amnesia can occur at a deep state of hypnosis so i will do things to continually lighten the state matter of fact um just speaking under hypnosis or in a past life regression will lighten the state if you did the session uh and did not have feedback dialogue feedback dialogue is when we have a conversation together you can also do it by having the client answer the questions in their own mind so they don't have to verbalize. Many times when a client verbalizes and starts talking, they will lighten the state. What happens when they do that is they involve the cognitive processes of the mind, which is more like the conscious mind, and that will spontaneously lighten the state. People sort of have the pre idea that um hypnosis is where you go into this really deep trance you don't remember it you don't have control but that's not the case is it and i, and I found that with mine you actually are in control still yeah because what good would it be if the person doesn't remember mm -hmm. uh now a stage hypnotist who having a person get up there quack like a duck or bark like a dog they might want a a a fairly deep state and not everybody's capable of going into a deep state so they will do tests before first of all they ask for volunteers uh, from the group and the person will say take me take me and they're usually working with people who are three sheets to the wind they've had a few few drinks so they're easy you get them up on stage now that same person who who, uh, who does a great elvis imitation he's the guy who 
during a party, he'll get drunk and put a lampshade on his head and dance around him with a lampshade. So he's hypnotist is playing with a stacked deck. And that's why a lot of the times, I, I don't remember doing that. I don't remember quacking like a duck. Yeah, because you were very deep, but you did it. Now, if you didn't want to do it, it doesn't matter how deep you are. If you didn't want to do it, you wouldn't have done it. That's what I was going to say. You're probably talking with people who are quite exhibitionist or willing to be exhibitionist if they wanted to yes. anyway, because if you didn't want to do it, you I don't think you would do it. You just wouldn't do it if, if you just didn't want to do it. And you always have an excuse. So, don't you, boy, you're acting like an idiot up there. Oh, yeah, well, he made me do it. just made me do it. Didn't make him do it. That's a good excuse. <laughs> that makes me laugh to think of that. <laughs> uh, yeah, so with regards to regression then, when I actually started going under, Tony did a sort of a relaxation technique, which surprised me. I was expecting it to be more of a uh, hypnotic um, thing, but it was actually more like going into a deep meditation in a way, the same steps yeah. down. The same thing. Um, that's a technique. That's a technique that I kind of favor. Uh, is progressive relaxation, where you relax the body from the top of the scalp to the tips of the toes. Well, some people go, go opposite from the toes of the scalp. You can do it either way. But uh, that's a hypnotic uh, induction technique. That's, uh, um, I wouldn't call it recent. It's probably a couple hundred years old. Uh, it's been used for a while. And it works quite well. Yeah. Uh, you know, or you can swing the watch, you know, watch the watch or use the old hypnodisc or whatever. There, there's so many techniques that you can use. But I like to use a relaxation technique because uh, um, I like to feel that the person is, is getting some benefit and getting their money's worth from that. I mean, I can go through the session in 10 minutes, but you don't want to do that. You want to you want that person to have an experience. And as far as um, meditation and hypnosis are exactly the same thing, or guided meditation, um, there are four main brainwave states of brainwave levels, beta, alpha, theta, and delta. And uh, hypnosis and meditation puts you into the same state of brainwave levels. So uh, you can, your brain waves might go beta, alpha, theta, delta, where beta is a, is the total conscious level, very critical thought level. Uh, alpha is the relaxation level. Everyone goes into and out of alpha from uh, uh, five to 30 times a minute. So an alpha corresponds to a light, light hypnosis. So five to 30 times a minute, you're being hypnotized. You may not really realize it, but, but you are. If you read a book, you watch a good movie on TV, you're in hypnosis. Next is theta. Theta is as a, a creative level. Um, theta allows us uh, to contact, uh, uh, I guess, the spiritual side of us is another way to put it. And most of uh, the past life memories that come up will come up in the, in the theta levels. That's the best place to have a person is in theta to access past life memories. But it can be done in alpha. And then the deep state of hypnosis, what's called somnambulistic state, would be at the very low ranges of, of theta or upper ranges of delta, because delta is also deep sleep. You get zonked out. Right. When we have a, a regression session, the hypnotherapist will often tell you you may end up actually having um, memories pop up after. Do, exactly. do you, are you opening something or are you, what are you doing? You are, do you that? are indeed. You're opening access to that. However, I take it, I always take it one step further. I always uh, tell the person, I suggest to them, and these are called hypnotic suggestions. What you say to a person in hypnosis is called a suggestion that uh, after that, after I awaken them and, and for days and weeks uh, afterward, um, more you will remember what happened to this uh, in this session, and more memories will pop into your mind. It'll, you'll even have dreams about it. 
at odd moments of the day. You may be having a cup of tea, a cup of coffee, driving your car. Things will pop up. Oh, I remember that now. Yeah, I remember seeing that. And so it's kind of the gift that keeps on giving. And I'll hear that all the time. But I want to build that into my session, too, to make sure it happens. That was going to be my next question. So do you have to be kind of like have the suggestion planted for that to happen? Or can it just uh, it, automatically? It, it's more likely to happen if you plant the suggestion that it will happen. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it, it'll, it'll happen to a greater extent and a greater degree. It'll most likely happen anyway. But I don't want to take any chances. So I'll help it along. Fair enough. Fair enough. So if you um, have a regression session and you have like the the, in, the suggestion implanted that you will might have memories pop up, if you then sort of go on to trying things like guided medica- meditation at home, does that make it easier yourself then to access memories without a therapist there leading you into it? Oh, yes. Yeah, absolutely. You, you will. Uh, you, 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 I mean, for the person... The client access to their own memories, yeah. As long as they, they can put them in after they've been conditioned. See, what the, they become a conditioned subject is what it's called. So after they become conditioned, they can put themselves in a meditative state. Just do that by sitting down in the chair and, close, and closing your eyes and relaxing and putting on some beautiful music. That may also help those memories pop up. Oh, that's interesting, isn't it? So when you actually are doing something like a guided meditation, you're actually sort of bringing yourself down to sort of that theta or delta state. Yeah, that's yeah, alpha to theta. You'll get the memories in alpha, but I prefer to have theta. Right. And the children often when they have their memories, because their memories, they're born with them, basically. But often if they uh, go into sort of a sort of a sleepy state, um, they'll tend to have the memories pop up. And I had that happen to me after the session. I was waiting at an appointment and had a comfy chair and I nearly dozed off and had a, a memory pop up. So is it sort of something that is uh, within all of us that we can it, it can happen or is it something that you really would need to have a therapy to actually open the gate of it, so to speak? After about the age of about six or seven uh, a lot of children do have these spontaneous memories. I mean, uh, you, know, you might be familiar with Dr. Ian Stevenson, Jim Tucker. Yeah, they, they, they were they, they uh, almost always work with kids, and uh, and they don't hypnotize the kid. These are all uh, spontaneous memories. Mm-hmm. The most famous case is that the the the, the young fellow who uh, uh, was the reincarnation of a, uh, a naval fighter pilot during the during the Second World War. Leninger, I think his name is. James Leninger, and, uh, yeah. Yeah, that's the, one of the uh, one of the more famous ones. And uh, he doesn't remember anything now. Mm. I think he's 20 years old. I mean, if, if, if you, if, uh, what happens with those kids? You said, you remember you said this? You remember you said that? They look at you like you had two heads. Well, some yeah. of the kids still do keep their memories. Uh, it's funny. Most people don't. Most of the kids Most don't don't. lose them about, around they, six They or lose seven. them between about six or seven years old. Yeah. Why does that happen? I, I, there are many, many theories about that. My theory, I have a theory. Well, every day or maybe uh, we are scientists, scientists are discovering uh, different parts of the brain, different organs in the body. I wonder that if there is some type of organ in the brain, maybe, it, maybe it's the, the third eye, the pineal gland, uh, but it loses the capacity at a certain point to be a receiver of these past life memories. 
I've heard one suggestion that the pineal gland calcifies. I don't know if you can prove that. You know, you'd, you'd have to... You, you, you'd have to do an autopsy or cut the penis bed out. And I don't, I don't know how many people are willing to have that done. And that's, that's one possibility. Maybe, maybe, maybe it does. Maybe a penis gland does calcify. Or maybe there's a, there's a separate organ in the brain that is like a, uh, a receiver. The old vacuum tubes from the radio, old radios or a television receiver. And something that really goes wrong. Maybe, it, maybe it's, it's, it's programmed to stop receiving at that point. And I think hypnosis then allows us to kind of make an end run around that and access it from a different way. Or perhaps we turn it back on. Yeah. We'll yeah. never know un until we find that particular, if it is an organ, you know, if we find that particular place where that gives us the access to those memories. I think uh, one of the things that I've heard too, and I'd agree with this, is that when you think about past life memories, you're looking back and I think that kids reach a point when their life where they start to become more engaged in this life and so therefore the appeal of looking back um, loses its uh They're closer to those strength. memories. Yeah. When they're born, uh, uh, chronologically, they are closer to that lifetime. Yeah. And then, I, that might be one of the explanations, but I, I think it goes a little I think it goes a little further than that. Because the memory will usually be from chronological, a life that chronologically was lived not too long ago before before this one. It seems to be the case. See, theoretically, if you accept the fact that quantum physicists tell us that time does not exist, past, present, and future all exist as one, why can't you reincarnate into the past? We are living in the in the first part of the, of the 21st century. We kicked the bucket, you know, in a few years and decide and we're going to come back again. Does that mean we have to come back for the latter part of the 21st century? Or can we choose to come back in the 1700s? There have been people who've postulated that because there are some people who have memories of lives that almost overlap with other lives that parallel, are this. Yeah, overlap yeah. parallel lives. Yeah. So, now it takes us into the realm of the multiverse. Yes, yeah. Well, because I think the thing is if you came back in, say, any particular life lifeline, timeline, and you then insert yourself, you're going to change that timeline. with well, the butterfly effect. Butterfly effect, yeah. It does make you wonder if that's not the case. They, I mean, scientists seem to be pretty keen on the multiple universes, and I suppose if you think about it, a multiple universe is just a universe where it's taken different paths, and every time one takes a different path, then maybe you're creating a new universe. How do we know? And that particular universe may be very so close to ours that is virtually the events are virtually undetectable. Mm, the same mm. things happen in the, in the, in the, in the virtually the same things happen with mm. minor differences. Uh, I first started to wonder about this because one of the techniques I use is I ask, uh, and one of the uh, things I do are the, uh, uh, in the, um, uh, between lives, I will ask a person to go back to the, the lifetime they lived directly prior to this one, directly prior. Cause I use it and I do a brief overview. It's like getting two sessions of one. They, I get, they get a brief overview of that past life. Then I use that, take them through the death experience and use it as a jumping off point into, um, uh, into the between life state. And I started, I said, scratching my head. I said, now, wait a second. You were born in 1950. And now I said, go back to the life directly, lived directly prior to this one. And that life was in 1750. Mm. What were you doing for 150, 200 years? Twiddling your thumbs up there? You know, uh, why is that? 
Well, they'll because go back to the 1500s. Where where were you in between that time? In the intermission period, probably. The research seems to indicate that you can come back like almost instantly, but most people generally have, I think it's 75 years usually. Is kind okay. of a, That's yeah. what Helen, uh, Helen Wambach, a noted researcher, uh, mm. found uh, about 60, anywhere 60 to 80 years. Mm. Some people have longer. Some people have a couple of hundred or whatever. Uh, those who die traumatically uh, can come back quicker. Mm. I was teaching a class years ago, uh, a past life regression class, teaching people to do what I do, and I, I demonstrate in people. And this one fellow, uh, I asked him, "What were you born?" He said, "He was born in 1947." Well, he died at Pearl Harbor. In that past life, he was on the Arizona uh, during the Japanese attack. He was killed. But then he came back not too long, only a few years later, in 1947. Mm, mm. I have heard of that. And, and there's one life I know of where the person actually came back when the, well, I suppose you could say the fetus was already in the yeah. woman's belly. So basically yeah. their lives almost overlapped, actually. So uh, and that then brings in the question of, well, when does your soul actually kind of connect to your body? And there's a lot of people who believe that, you can kind of step in and out right up to almost the birth point. So Yeah, generally it's a six month around six months though. That's mm. another thing Helen Wambach found out that it was around six months that the soul seems to join the fetus, but they can also go in and out at mm. that point. Mm. Some people go, Well, you know, how can that be? It doesn't seem to be that, you know, while it's a little walnut, you're really gonna hang around for six months waiting for things to get interesting. Of course, by the time that it's born the soul will be there and it will have soul memories. Uh, the first time, I'll never forget this, <laughs> a long time ago, I used to do a, a prenatal regression. I would take a group to the birth into this life and I'm doing a prenatal regression. I look over and I see the, I see this one girl sitting uh, in the middle of the group, oh, grabbing her shoulder like this. I said, oh God, what are we going to have here? But then she stopped. She stopped it. Okay, she was all right. And uh, after the session, I went up and asked her what happened. She says, uh, I was told, I remember hearing, someone told me that during uh, the birth process and I was coming down the canal, I dislocated my shoulder. So she, uh, she didn't actually dislocate her shoulder, but she went through feeling the pain of dislocating her shoulder. Wow. That's amazing, isn't it? After that, I, I learned to say you will have no pain or discomfort. <laughs> now. So you live and you learn. I guess that's the thing because I, I can't imagine that forceps deliveries would have been too pleasant either. I don't know if they still do forceps deliveries anymore. I don't think they do, do they? Or do they? Maybe no. they do. I don't know. So with regards to it, if you go to a session and you're feeling a lot more relaxed in your general life, are you likely to um, be easier to regress than someone who's stressed or anxious? This is true. That's why, okay, this is what my particular method is different than probably most methods out there. I never do a regression. Uh, my past life regression of, of any of the ones, whether it's uh, be a informational or karmic connection or past life therapy between lives, I never do it on the first session. Oh, really? That's interesting. I never, you know, either connect uh, over the Zoom or, or Facebook Messenger. I like to use Facebook Messenger or over the phone, whatever, and say, you know, you know uh, uh, close your eyes and shut up and listen to me. No, I meet them once before that, sometimes twice. And I will I will put them at ease. Uh, it's called a clinical interview. And uh, it also builds a spiral of belief. And it makes it more likely 
that when it comes to the regression session, that they're actually going to be more, uh, more successful. So I'll put them at ease. I will answer their questions well before we do that. I email them written tests to take because uh, the only tools I have at my disposal are the, uh, is my voice and the words that I speak. You know, I'm not a plumber who uses a, uh, their tools. I'm not a surgeon who uses a scalpel. Uh, so uh, my tools are my words and the, the, the words that I speak. So I give them tests that allows me uh, to determine if they're, for instance, if they're uh, the hemispheric brain dominance, are they left brain or right brain? That is going to have a bearing on the words that I speak to them. How do they process information, visually, auditorily, or what's known as kinesthetically, which is touch or feeling? I want to know how, how, uh, how they process that. Uh, I, I do a test to determine uh, their hypnotic susceptibility. And I know that the better they score on that test, the easier it's going to be to hypnotize. Everyone's hypnotizable, but it's going to be easier. And, and, and uh, it'll tell me what techniques I, that I should use. And I also have a test that looks at their uh, 21 different ways that they may have had spontaneous recall of past lives. Because that may have a bearing on how I'm going to work with them. So, again, I don't believe in uh, one size fits all. It's really interesting you say that because I've heard people say that they don't dream, so they don't actually visualize things in their heads. They can't imagine and and picture things in their heads, and so therefore they don't feel that they could be regressed. But I always wondered if you could regress them and just use things like what are you smelling, what are you feeling. Most people think that that it's a visual process, and for most people it is. But for some people. Uh, it will be more of an auditory process. They will hear things in their head. They will uh, feel it, either in a, a tactile, a touch sense, or an emotional sense, or they will sense it. Or, or, even if they are visual, their, their images will vary. It may not be picture-clear postcard images. It may be haze, uh, hazy or vague or indistinct. Mm. But neither of them will work. But also, too, you could also, um, I don't know about anyone else, but when I was hypnotized, you kind of had a feeling of just knowing, of knowing I'm in this exactly. place. Exactly, just knowing. knowing. That's mm. the, glad you brought that up. That's very common. It will just be a knowing. Mm. Mm. Which is quite I interesting. Yeah. Now, you mentioned also, too, I've been dying to ask you since you mentioned, you do intermission period hypnotherapy. What do people want to find when they go to look at the intermission period? It seems that most people, I ask them, why do you want to do this? I explain them, and, and that's another thing I do a clinical interview for before uh, uh, the first session. I explain the different types of regression. And now, what so what, which sounds like the one that would be most appropriate for you? And we'll talk about it. And the people who want to do the between lives or the intermission, as, as you call it, uh, uh, really want to know uh, what's it all about. What's their purpose in life? You know, what's it all about, Alfie? And that's what they <laughs> want to know. Usually for that one, yeah. Oh, that's interesting. I thought it might have been like a form of um, hoping to go there that they might meet someone. Or do you often yeah, have? They will do that. That's secondary. They'll they'll meet their uh, their soul group during that. They'll meet their spirit guide. Uh, they will generally go before what's called the council of elders, which are these very wise beings who no longer need to in, in, incarnate. Uh, and there's sort of uh, uh, overseers up there. And you, you can meet with them once, sometimes twice uh, in, in the be uh, between live state. And uh, I give them the opportunity to ask them questions. So I've never really kind of got into the whole um, 
Akashic Record and the Council of Elders and the things that people describe on the other side because I've always been someone who approaches it from a logical kind of research point of view and there's no way to really research that because you can't access that from this side really. Um, no. But do people tend to describe the same thing? Because I know that what happens when people have near-death experiences, say, for example, if you were highly religious, you would go over and experience more of a heaven situation, whereas I'm not highly religious, so I might go over and experience being in a field. or So you kind of get the experience that your brain can logically deal with. That's the way I've always seen it. Yeah, but but even with near-death experiences, people who are not, people who are, uh, some people who are uh, very religious and, and Christian, they will see Jesus. Uh, if they're uh, Islamic, they will see they they will be seeing Muhammad or those you know uh, Buddhists they'll see Buddha, uh, but uh, even people who are not religious, even atheists, do report the coming before in the presence of a higher power, whatever you want to call you want to call him God, you want to call him you know the big Kahuna, the Grand Puba, he's mm. he's the head guy. Head it's it's interesting, too, that modern science seems to be coming around to it now and the quantum physicists are even saying there is some higher power on the other side. They're now saying that they think that basically string theory and quantum theory are combining and there's a bit of both of those happening, um, but that at the end of the day when they get to the bottom of it, there's some whatever you call it. I'm looking, uh, I'm doing research on that now for my second book. My first book was uh, uh, was uh, Your Journey Was Never Meant to End, um, you know, a compelling case for reincarnation. The next one coming along, probably right after the first of the year, will be the uh, the Spiritual Hitchhiker's Guide to the Afterlife and Beyond. Oh, so I love that. We're going to look at, we're going to take another look at reincarnation because we almost have to do that. I'm looking at consciousness. Where is consciousness local or is it non-local? Of course, so we believe who do this kind of work that is non-local, that is out there. The uh, materialistic school says that it's produced by the brain. Uh, but we believe otherwise that it's that that is from uh, that that it exists out there. Uh, so we're going to look at that. We're going to look at some of the scientific hypotheses for the existence of a god uh, and of a um, and of an afterlife. So um, it's uh, it's fun doing the research and the writing for this. So I hope to have that after the first of the year. I'm saying. Well, actually, I was going to, going to get to your writing because you've written the book and I saw also on your Facebook page that you'd also found some other documentation that you thought might be useful to people as well. So yeah, you... uh, it is. You know, uh, for people who are, are, are uh, you know, a bit uh, tapped for money and a lot of people are these days, and uh, a, a regression, uh, a past life regression one-on-one, -on -one, uh, from an experienced therapist can cost a fair amount of money. You know, they're talking about four or five hundred U.S. dollars uh, for a regression program. But years ago, um, on an old website, I had done a pre-recorded, downloadable uh, program, and uh, I forgot I did it. And so I was I closed that website and had another one built. So I, I'm offering that again. Uh, that used to sell on my web, old website for $97 for the program. Uh, it's a, what it consists of, and it consists of a, a, a pre-recorded session, um, a PDF ebook, a pre-recorded audio version of the ebook, or some people like to read, some people like to listen. Me, I'm a reader. I can read uh, faster than I listen, but other people are, are, are totally different. And I'm including what's called a past life trip record which are questions keyed 
to the to the questions that I asked them during the regression session. And that way, right after they 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 they, they print it out, they have it there in front of them. Right after the regression session is over, they start writing it down. So there's four four components of that. Plus, I'm also including as some added bonuses. They're getting that past life profile, which will help them uh, look at the different ways that they may spontaneously have remembered past lives. There's 21 different ways. Uh, also, one that's a uh, uh, we'll, we'll, uh, a PDF or an ebook on the stages of soul evolution, because there are uh, about five different stages that people go through. You know, the, the, so we help the we can help a person look at and recognize where they are. Every, everybody likes to think they're an old soul. Well, probably not. You know, and there's a, and there's a stage called the mature soul, and people tend to dis, to uh, confuse the two. And then there's a young soul. Then there's an infant soul. Um, so we look at the stages of soul evolution in that in that ebook, and also another ebook on uh, past lives, present purpose. As that question, what's my purpose in life? How do I realize my purpose? And this ebook will have, help them realize that purpose. So uh, anybody who's interested in that can uh, um, email me at uh, Dr. Koloski, that's D-R-K-A-L-O-S-K-I at gmail.com. I'm sure you're going to put that up. Or they can uh, DM me on uh, Facebook Messenger, and I'll get right back to them. Yes, I always list my episodes on Podbean, but I also list them on Facebook. So I'll put the contact Great. information for Bruce there for people who want to yeah. catch up with him and access. Yeah, that, that's his... where they can do that on a budget without uh, if they don't have the funds for a private session. Mm, they can be expensive, and uh, it's expensive because it is it, it, very labor intensive. Well, um, it's also uh, a lot to do for yourself. Like, I mean, it takes a bit out of you as well as the regressionist yeah, in a way. It takes a lot, a lot of other therapists. And like I said, with mine, it's a two-session program. Mm. So I charge by the program, not by the session. Right. So between the two sessions, I'm spending about three hours with a person. Yeah. I've got to say, uh, I think it was well worth the money too when I when I had mine done. I thought it was quite fascinating. It was an interesting experience, quite apart from anything else. But, uh, yeah, really enjoyable. So I can recommend it, and it's good to be able to give people in America particularly a good person to go to because I often do get asked who's a good regressionist. Uh, mm. So I can honestly say, you go to Bruce, he's got the experience, and, uh, yeah, he'll, he'll look after you. So thank yeah. you so much for coming on today. It's been incredible. My pleasure. I enjoyed it. We covered a lot of ground, a lot of territory. We did. We did. We got signed down a couple of the rabbit holes, which is always good. <laughs> yeah, I hope I didn't ramble on too much, but I have a tendency to do that once I get started. No, no, you were very enjoyable. I enjoyed the whole thing, and it's been a great pleasure to meet you. Thank you so much for coming thank on. You, we hope this episode helped those people out there thinking about regression, and hopefully our discussion was able to answer any questions you might have had about it. As mentioned in the ad before the podcast, Bruce is going to be live streaming with Tony Riley on their Facebook forums. So if you'd like to know more about regression or are feeling the urge to try and find your purpose, drop into their Facebook forum pages and hear them live streaming about many interesting subjects. And I'll be putting a link to both of their forums on my Facebook page. Thank you for listening to Reincarnation, Past Lives Revisited. We hope you enjoyed this case. If you have any interesting stories about reincarnation or if you can relate your own past life experiences, I'd love to hear about them. And I can be contacted through my email at reincarnationplr at gmail.com or via my Facebook page called Reincarnation Past Lives Revisited. If you'd like to support me, I'd be honoured if you'd become a Patreon supporter. You can find me on Patreon under Reincarnation PLR. 
I do do extra content now and your support helps me keep pumping out content faster and lets me keep on doing what I hope you love hearing. We'll be back again soon with another episode, but until then, remember you are unique and your life has a purpose.